Hi everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of TCK's Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Polly Costell and Elliot Niblock. We're here to go through all the action from match day six and probably rehash some of the things we said before match day six as we had a lost episode that due to technical difficulties never went up. So Makes it sound like an ancient book that has been buried in a desert island somewhere. Yes, exactly. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of good stuff to talk about here from the games over the weekend. And we'll kick things off with the early game on Saturday where Manchester United took on Leicester City. Beforehand, we all thought that Leicester were going to win this game. Boy, were we wrong. United come out strong and take a 4-1 win. Don't don't put me in there and thinking Leicester was going to win. Did you have a draw? I had a draw. (laughs) None of us were right, at least. Yeah. Uh, and we definitely didn't think that they were going to look as convincing as they did. Um, we also spoke beforehand that, you know, Mourinho, he should drop Wayne Rooney. He should tinker with his formation. He did not tinker with the formation as far as he still played that 4-2-3-1. Uh, but he did drop Wayne Rooney. He put in Juan he Mata. He put Juan Mata in his, like, actual position, I think, for the first time in his Manchester United career. Yes, he put in Juan Mata, who had a great game, a uh, goal and an assist. Uh, he put in Under Herrera next to Paul Pogba, which made Pogba look a lot better. Pogba got his first goal for the season. Chris Smalling, he was captain without Rooney in the side. He scored. So, uh, And then, of course, Marcus Rashford scored. So all in all, a very good day for Manchester United. Rashford uh, survived me adding him in fantasy. Usually that's a big-time curse, and I was really scared to do it. But then I was like, this guy is a better talent than most people and he'll survive it. And he did. You need the fantasy points too, right? I need fantasy points. I picked up Rashford and I tried to, I tried to put an end to Manchester city's winning streak by adding a Sergio Aguero. That didn't work. No. Yeah. Before we get to the city game, let's talk about this one. Um, Yeah. I was very surprised. I was surprised that Mourinho actually dropped Rooney. I didn't think he was going to, Um, but he made a couple. That's what he's, he seems to do that. It was, if you look at his past history, everything about his past history has already been coming out as, as history repeating itself at Manchester United, except one thing. And that one thing is usually he goes to a club and he just takes a longtime superstar from the club and just throws him in the sin bin for no reason whatsoever. And he didn't do that with Wayne Rooney. Which everybody expected. Everybody said, you know, like, you know, last year he just benched John Terry. He just said, your time's up, and he benched him. This year, it, it could have easily did that with Rooney, and he hasn't done that. So it's is it is it that surprising that finally, after time and time again of poor performances, he's finally been like, you know what, uh, I'm sitting it down. No, I, I don't think it's terribly surprising at all. Yeah, I mean, but, you know. it's just so needed. You you uh, you had to the team needed to um they they just needed a change in something you know someone needed to be dropped just to make a point like hey um we need to get our act together and Rooney came out and he said yeah like you know like i'm my place in the team isn't guaranteed as it shouldn't be but then again neither should anybody else's except david de gea right i was was literally about to say david de gea (laughs) You look at the bench and you're just like, oh, we have Sergio Romero there. Like, David De Gea is pretty, you know. David De Gea, at, at, at this point, David De Gea, whether he suffers a dip in form or not, he should be the only one that's 
a guaranteed place on the team. Everybody else it should be based on form. And right now, if you're basing it on form, the only people with guaranteed spots are De Gea and um, Eric Bailly and Marcus Rashford. And Zlatan's been very good, but, you know, now he's starting to get a little bit of a goalless streak. So, you know, give him four or five more games with no goals, and then I'll start calling for his head. Well, I don't think particularly you have to take anything away from Zlatan in the game against Leicester because I still think he had a very good game. Yeah, he did. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, right now I think there's three people that base, that have brought it, have uh, put in undroppable performances every time they've been on the field. Mm-hmm. But they take a much-needed win. Uh, it keeps them in sixth place, 12 points. They're six points behind rivals Manchester City, who sit at the top after taking another win. So six straight wins to open the season. Manchester. Wait, let's not. Yes. Uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves in this game. Like, it was a great game. They scored three of their goals on corners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, effective. So it wasn't, it, but it wasn't the most dominant wow. Holly, like, you're starting to sound like me here with, like, a crushing win and then still saying, oh, well, but hang on. Now. It was great to see. It was great to see. Like, hey, I had a lot of fun watching that game. It was great to see. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Like, don't take this one in. You scored three goals on corners. Uh, one of them was, like, a perfect cross right on the Smalling's head. The other one was Paul Pogba just bossing his way around Christian Fuchs. And the other one was... We finally scored a goal off of a training ground routine, which is like something that Louis Van Hall had us do on pretty much every free kick or set piece last year, and it pretty much never worked. And it finally worked. Um, Thanks to Under Herrera. Yes. And and a great run by, uh, who was it? It was a great run by Mata. Yes. But Herrera reminded Mata to make the run. Yes. Yes. And then uh, just a great football IQ from Rashford to, quickly see that it was going on and get himself right in front of the net to tap that goal in. And then let's, let's call a spade a spade here. Lester gave up over the last 45 minutes. Uh, they, yeah, they took off Vardy and uh, Morris to save them for the champions league. So at that point, your four nil win was in the bag. Four to one. Well, Lester scored. Yes. On a- that was a great goal. But no one was sitting there being like, oh, we're going to have a tense. Oh, man, maybe they might build off this. It, it was yeah, of the, the last 45 minutes were pretty straightforward. Yeah. I mean, but, I, I see it as a, as a good sign, though, that they did score three goals offset pieces because they were so horrible at it last year. <laughs> and that's all they got. Yeah. No, it is a good sign, and it's definitely something that they could build on. And the most important part, again, is we scored four goals in a game. That's in your head now. So now you're now you're back to playing with confidence. If we can do this, teams teams are gonna come into Old Trafford and we're gonna pummel them and and punish them and goodbye. We're gonna make you wish you didn't have to come here. And that starts that continues Thursday when you're playing the Europa League. Yes, absolutely. We'll talk more about that game later on. I was happy to see Bay and Smalling in the middle. I gotta say that. I hope they just keep those two going now. Partially because Daily Buen was out left, which is yes. a, a bit scary. He played fantastic, but it's a bit scary. Yes. Absolutely. And he provided the corner kicks. <laughs> yeah, but not exactly the paragon of consistency that you want. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, I, I, I like the speed up front, though. Uh, Lingard and Rashford, and then Juan Mata did his thing, and Slaton linked up well with all three of them. So, all in all, a good day's work for Manchester United 
who needed that win? Let's be honest. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You can't fall down below. Yeah. I mean, it, even now, we're, what, is it September? Like, we played five games and City already have a six-point lead at the top? Yeah. Well, yeah, six games and they have a four-point lead over Tottenham. Over Tottenham, yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, let's move over to Manchester City. They took a 3-1 to one win on the road against Swansea. Um, Sergio Aguero with uh, two goals. You know, he just keeps on scoring. Keeps on scoring. First ever goals in, that he scored in Wales. Ooh, looky there. Yeah, I, on his first goal, you know, he got a, a square pass from Sogna. I didn't think his first touch was that great, but then he has the step to sort of make up for it, and it turned into a really good goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, I also I think that Swansea are going to feel a little that, – that, or at least their supporters are going to be – a little pissed because I think that the Swansea defense really was left wanting. Like when you take a touch that bad, both of the center halves just totally over pursued. Yes. And he just had all kinds of time to make up for his mistake and show the quality that he has. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fernando Lorente scored his first goal for Swansea. Aguero, that first goal came in the ninth minute. Lorente tied things up for him minutes later. Then, um, Sidhu, they were awarded a penalty. And Mike van der Horn, he sort of put his his hand up in the face area where it shouldn't be. Uh, did you think that was a harsh penalty or no? No doubt about it. I didn't see it, so I'll, I'll, I'll refrain. I'll play the fifth. I mean, it, did, it didn't – there wasn't really any force there. It was just that, he, you know, you should not have your yeah. hand up against your opponent's face. Yeah, I mean, it's the, it's that kind of like – What's a natural position? What isn't a natural position? Part of partly, but I I don't know. I and I feel like he had pretty good position on the brain there too, so he didn't yeah. really have to do that. But it's it's one of those fifty fifty calls that not not I'm not saying it was a fifty fifty challenge, although it was close. But it was just like uh, you you want a player in that position to be fighting hard for the ball, and if you're fighting hard for the ball, you're using your core and your arms, and then. You know, sometimes you hit somebody in the face. I mean, I I don't think that Swansea ha- have... I mean, they can't be hemming and hawing that this loss was down to that. Although I do think that this game is closer than any of us thought it would be, both from the literal scoreline and also... I mean, you know, like, going in 1-1 at the half, Swans had to feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, yeah, this game was... It didn't just come down to that. No, so. no. And then Raheem Sterling had a, another goal. He's been in great form here to start the season. I mean, the whole team's in great form. Yeah, but Sterling particularly. I mean, he, if you're comparing him to last season. Well, And so here's, here's a question that I have for you guys is that, again, how much of that can we say, okay, is this down to the genius of Pep Guardiola, right? Like, you know, stinker. Sorry, but the only, there's, only one, there's only one football genius, and that's Louis Van Hall. Find another word to describe <laughs> okay. to describe Pep. Um, okay, let's say savant. How about that one? Yeah, that but, one works. But regardless, in that he, you know, I mean, he made a point of trying to build up Sterling's confidence after having played terribly in France this summer at the European Championships, and now he is just screaming out of the gate like the player that we all, you know, were wondering what happened to last season. Mm-hmm. I mean, so how, I mean, obviously the player himself deserves a large portion, if not the bulk of the credit. But ah, it's just all these little signs keep popping up that, oh man, damn, maybe Pep is as good a manager as all the hype says. 
Yeah, I mean, Sterling has been adamant that, you know, he really appreciates the call he got from Guardiola after the Euros. So, you know, we'll, we'll give him some credit. Let's, let's just go with that. Uh, Bournemouth, they uh, ended Everton's good run. They took a one nothing win at the Vitality Stadium. Is that the worst named stadium or no? Nah, I get bet 365 is pretty bad, too. Yeah, yeah, bingo. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed um, it. Junior Stanislas with the lone goal in this one in the first half. Um, yeah, Bournemouth, they um, also a team that really needed a win. So they're, they're in 15th place right now with seven points. Um, yeah, I have Everton, I mean, is it just a little stumble step or do you think the honeymoon yeah. is over? I think it's just a little stumble. I mean, I think this game was very close. Like Lukaku nearly had a header in the first half that was, you know, forced a fantastic save. I mean, I, I think Bournemouth were deserved winners, but it really, it could have broken either way. Um, again, another one that all of us picked wrong because Everton did not run away with it, but this is not... This is not the crushing, heartbreaking defeat or like a complete collapse on the pitch, right? This was a hard-fought game that maybe home field advantage was what tipped it off a great shot from Stanislaus that gave Bournemouth the three points and left Everton empty-handed. But I don't, I don't think that this is panic button time for them. Yeah. Do you have a newfound is... um, interest in Bournemouth now with Wilshire being there on loan? Yeah, to, I mean, to some extent. I mean, he he was. A little unlucky to have his shot deflected up onto the bar, um, which kept him off the score sheet. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of time for Jack. I not just as an Arsenal player, but he's a character who I enjoy, and I would like to see him. I would like to see him in the England national team based on merit, not name. So I hope that he does well, regardless of where he ends up in terms of his club future. Though I hope that's also at Arsenal. It's it, this is a good win for Bournemouth because these are the kind of wins they have to get. Yeah. You remember they finished they were safe last year, but amongst those games, amongst the points they got were the the crazy, that crazy draw they had against Everton. They beat Manchester United at home. They beat Chelsea away. It's almost like you can't expect those games to happen again. And you're looking at the games they are playing, and it's a little bit concerning. So it's it's good that they could finally get a, a win. Yes, it's at home, but it's against a good team. That's the kind of win that'll that'll allow your team to gel a bit more and get some confidence, so they could start picking up picking up points. You know, um, beating the teams that they play that are similar stature to them when they're at home, and not losing away games, and getting enough points to stay safely in the Premier League. Which, if I think we could all agree, if if they got a third straight season in the Premier League, that's a monumental achievement for a club like Bournemouth. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Mm. Then Liverpool, they took another big win here. They uh, beat Hull 5-1. to one. They um, were up against a 10-man Hull for a good portion of this game as Ahmed El Mohamedi got sent off in the 29th minute. Uh, Liverpool were already up by one nothing at that point after a goal by Adam Lalana. James Milner, the left back, the left back James Milner, as he's now known, Scored to make it two nothing from that ensuing penalty as El Mahomedi. Yo, how? Yes. How has left back James Milner not been exposed for Liverpool yet? Because I'm pretty sure they're undefeated since he's moved to left back. Yeah, in fact, they are undefeated. They've only mm. lost well, one game. 
And the red card in this four. one helped to, you know, cover yeah, it up a yeah. Bit. I don't think we, I don't think either, any of us thought that Hull was gonna was gonna come away with a point in this one. We all questioned, you know, which Liverpool, good Liverpool, bad Liverpool, were gonna show up. But I think we all kind of thought the yeah. goals were gonna flow from them. How is nobody like taking advantage of left back James Milner though? Uh, very good question. I would go at him with my most speedy winger, and yeah, just trying to punish him really, but the Hull were not able to do that. They went down to 10 men. Uh, Sadio Mane made it 3-0 before the end of the first half. Then uh, Hull did get on the score sheet, David Mailer, and then Coutinho scored, and then guess what? James Miller scored again on another penalty. Jeez, this is, it's not right. <laughs> but it's, the thing is, is he listed as a defender in fantasy. No, he's a midfielder. Don't get any ideas. <laughs> that would be a lot of lot of points there otherwise. A lot of points. So, yeah, Liverpool, they keep their good run going. They're in fourth place right now, 13 points, same as Arsenal and Everton. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if they've found that level of consistency that Klopp was stressing. Uh, Tottenham, they were without Harry Kane, they were without Eric Dyer, they were without Moussa Dembele, but they still took a 2-1 win over Middlesbrough at Riverside. Um, Hong Min Son with both goals in the first half. And one player who's really stepped up here as they were you know, missing three of their starting players. Well, what is that, his fourth goal of the year for Son? Um, let me double check real quick. I believe he scored two like a week ago also. He scored. Do, 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 do. I know he got at least one before. So mm-hmm. he's got at least three. But I mean, you know, regardless, this is exactly what we were talking about. That, okay, now the supporting cast has to step up and get it done. And you know, he's you know, stepped into that role yeah. and done a great job. Yeah, he's got four goals in three appearances. Last season, he had four goals in 28 appearances. <laughs> yeah, so he is becoming he's becoming the player that Tottenham were hoping that they got when they signed him. And and you know what? It's this isn't it's not so surprising he's a player with with talent and maybe it just took him a year to adapt to the Premier League. Yeah. I mean, he had is three Is that so surprising? Is no. that so un, like unheard of? No, absolutely not. He had three very strong seasons in the Bundesliga behind him before joining Tottenham, so yeah, I mean, it is a step up for sure. It's not, un- but it's not unheard of for people to to come from the Bundesliga to the Premier League and, and take a year to really settle in, or to come from anywhere and take a year to settle. In. Right, and and keep in mind, you know, he actually started out the season pretty well last year, and but then Deli Ali really burst onto the scene, and Lamella started playing well, and by the end of the year, uh, Tottenham were playing with Eriksson, Lamella, and Ali as that front three every game. So son, all of a sudden his chances just started to become, and they also had Nasser Chadley in the mix there. And, uh, they had the other guy, they had somebody else would get involved. So son's chances last year were a little bit fewer and farther between this year. It's almost like he knows, I don't know when my next chance is going to be, but my chance is coming around now. Let me, let me keep it. Let, let me, let me do everything I can to, to get myself back into Mauricio Pochettino's plans. So Ben Gibson pulled one back for Middlesbrough in the second half, but Tottenham wrote it out, got the win, and they now sit in second place with 14 points. 
Um, I mean, and they've uh, left their entire team home on their trip to Moscow. Oh, really? Yeah, they left. They left a lot of people home. Well, yeah, I mean, where do you think their priorities should lie, though? Well, the issue is, is, is that they're leaving people home because of injury, uh, because you know Dyer didn't play. Dyer, Dembele, Rose, Sissoko, and Kane did not travel with the team. Yeah. So. I mean, that's some injuries, and, you know, they they were saying it was just for some of them it's just cramps or it's just this or that. It's a little bit concerning if you're a Tottenham fan, but then again, uh, CSK Moscow, don't they play on a turf field? Yeah, I really have no idea. I mean, it, it would make sense just in terms of the weather conditions there. But... I believe they play on a turf field, which that, you know, is always going to factor in when you're dealing with injuries. And, yeah, you're playing Manchester City on – on uh, Sunday. So if if you had any doubts over whether a player was going to play against Moscow this week, why would you why would you make him travel to Moscow? No, so I guess cool. I mean I mean it makes it makes sense, but yeah, if you're a Spurs fan right now, it it would be a little bit concerning because while um getting no points out of your first two games in the Champions League is not the end of the world. It's also very, very, very far from ideal. Yeah, of course. It's a very small stadium. Do they not play at the Wozniki Stadium anymore? No, it's the uh, Arena Kiminki. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. I it remember only, watching. It only holds 18,636 people. When United were there in like 2010, though, they still—I'm pretty sure they still played at the Wisniewski Stadium. Yeah, I, they, I don't know when they left, but yeah, they have moved. I know that much. They did play at the Wisniewski before. Anywho, yeah, we'll see how Tottenham do. We'll talk about that game against Seska in a little bit. But we got more Premier League action first here. And uh, West Bromwich Stoke. Oh, my God. What a game. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 1-1. Late equalizer by uh, Salomon Rondon to um, keep Stoke from getting their first win of the season and save a point for the Baggies. Joe Allen scored his first goal for Stoke um, in the 73rd minute. That was the opening goal in that one. And then Rondon found the back of the net in the 91st minute. So, uh, yeah, Stoke. Bad, bad spot for Stoke. They are in 19th place. Two points in six games. And minus 11 in goal difference. That's the worst in the league. Yeah, they got one more point than Sunderland. But they're, yeah, as you say, the worst goal difference. (laughs) And by far, actually. Because Sunderland are minus seven. Yeah, and then you got West Ham at minus nine. A trip to Old Old Trafford looms large. Mm, yeah. Who do you think is going to get the axe first here? David Moyes or Mark Hughes? Mark Hughes. <laughs> David Moyes ain't getting fired. He knows. They, they hired David Moyes knowing. That they you know, they, relegated? They, they pulled off a miracle last year, and, and you're just hoping that David Moyes can, can get enough and, and do enough David Moyes things to keep him out. But, you know, they're... I don't think Sunderland expects to finish any higher than 16th or not like their goal. Essentially. I think they, they understand their ceiling is about 16th and the expectation is probably a relegation. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, I think we've all expected potential relegation from them, or at least to be mired in the muck of the relegation battle for since the season began. Yeah, but, but yeah, we'll we'll get we'll Stoke get, is the issue. Yeah, we'll get to Sunderland in just a second, but yeah, Stoke really. I mean, yes, poor start to last season, and now a poor start again. Is the hole just getting too deep for them to be able to dig themselves out? No, definitely not. Not with the team that they have. I mean, it's obviously like that's, it's. But that's the crazy thing. Like they, ha- their team is so good. Not so so good, but there's talent no, no, on hey, that team. Yeah, it's the kind of team that you know, you plug into the most recent version of FIFA, and all those players are going to be a very good squad that you're going to be able to play well with. But well, for some reason, they just have not put that talent together and gotten the results. But I, I just. I, I still think that they might end up being the last team relegated, but I still think that they're going to have a fighting chance to get their way out of it once they find some form. It might take a while, and you know they they, they must they just found a bunch of talented players who can't do it on a rainy night in Stoke. Yeah, that's not and good I mean, when you're Stoke. Right, that's maybe maybe that's what it is. Maybe you know you try to you try to rebrand yourself as the sexy Stoke, but maybe it's just you know your stadium is just that freaking cold and windy that it's it just doesn't lend itself to that kind of play yeah is this a team that would win la liga well no is this a team that would be in the top five in la liga maybe that's a fair question i mean it's mm, probably not but uh it's almost it's almost like it's almost like um building like a a bandbox of a baseball stadium and then trying to build your team around pitchers and like, and then you're kind of just surprised that like our really good pitchers still gave up a lot of home runs, and it's like, well, because your fences are so close, like you know maybe you're just not building the right team for the stadium that you have. Yeah, I did I mean, not I get that baseball analogy at all, but it's oh, okay. really, which yeah. is weird because <laughs> you're in Cincinnati now, which is like the smallest park in baseball. I have not been there. Um, yeah, I, I smell what you're stepping in, Polly. Yeah, but I, I, I don't. I think that while that might be a part of it, it can't be totally reducible to that. I mean, I think that you've got to look. You, you do. You have to look at the manager to some extent in terms of being like, why, why aren't these players clicking yet? You know, because not not every game they play is at home. Um, like, but they clicked last year. That's the crazy thing. Like, I don't think did they make any crazy additions. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if any, I, if anything, they should have gotten a little bit better bringing in Joe Allen and bringing in Wilfred Boney. Yeah. Right. They they added the striker who you know should just step right into the role that that Peter Crouch filled last year. He should just be better at it. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. But is it all gonna solve itself when Jack Butlin comes back? Uh, I, Does he I, have that much of an impact on this team? I don't think so. Because now they played with Lee Grant in the latest game. Lee Grant? That that sounds like an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was. Maybe he was a team accountant, and they're like, hey, Lee, we, we need someone in net. I've um, never seen Lee Grant before, and I'm going to Google him right now, but I'm willing to bet he's got red hair. No, he does not. Yeah, I'm actually gonna just Google Lee Grant. Well, he was he, was he was he was brought. Yeah, don't 
yeah, don't do that because then you'll get some actress from way back. Um, yeah, she's 88 years old, yeah. still alive. So good for Lee. Good yeah. for good for yeah. Lee Grant. So Lee Grant, the footballer, he joined Stoke on a short-term loan from Derby County because of their injury situation. With the having... picture that comes up when you Google him, the first picture that comes up is him in a suit from 2006. And that's where you're. Oh, yeah, and that's where you're freaking. That's where you're. Yes, Stoke, yes. you're done. You're done, so. So we'll see here. I mean, reports are that Butland will be back in early October. So they they got to hope that he comes back and sort of reinvigorates the team a bit. Uh, over to Sunderland, who are now bottom of the table after uh, botching a 2-0 lead against Crystal Palace to lose 3-2. Uh, late winner by Christian Benteke in that one. Jermaine Defoe scored both goals for Sunderland to... Um, Put him up 2-0. Uh, first goal came in the 39th minute after a horrible back pass by Joe Ledley. And then he made it 2-0 at the hour mark. And then Joe Ledley sort of redeemed himself a little bit, uh, putting Crystal Palace back within one. James MacArthur also scored before Benteke found the winner deep into stoppage time. Ugh, I so thought that I was going to get this one on the nose, too, uh-huh. when it was 2-2. But I can't complain too much since Solomon Rondon was the reason that I got the Stoke West Brom game on the nose. So, well, and that's also because you guess the same score for every West Brom game. <laughs> that's true. Uh, yeah, but like, we'll we'll see at the end of the season how many one-one draws they've got. Yeah, but I mean, if you, if you're looking at it now from Crystal Palace, they opened up last season strong. They've gotten off to a pretty good start here as well. They sit in seventh place with ten points. But I feel like with Benteke in the squad now, they don't run the same risk of falling down like they did last season. No, he's going to win them points on their own and he already has. Yeah. But when does, what happens when Christian Benteke gets injured? If he gets injured, then they have his I baby. I feel like Benteke is kind of like a, when he gets injured kind of guy. Is he though? I, I, I still I think wrong on this. I don't Ellie, feel like he had. I don't feel like he had. And... I don't feel like he had too many injuries when he was with Aston Villa. Well, I mean, regardless, though, I think that this Crystal Palace team is still capable of that kind of stall dead in the water that they had last year. But I agree with you, Seb, that the free fall that they had last year was just so profound. Yeah, it was horrible. You know? I mean, and, and he's missed, it, he's missed games in all of his seasons with Villa. With the exception yeah. of 2012 13, he played in 34 games that year. Yeah. But the following year, 26, the following year, 29. That's that, those are still pretty good numbers. Those yeah, are pretty right? good numbers. But, but the question is, what will Crystal Palace do when, when they hit those nine to 10 games? Put in his little brother. Also, if you Google Christian Benteke, <laughs> the first thing that comes up is from Sky Sports Christian Benteke surprised by Sunderland's easy. Zonal marking style, and I laughed because, yep, that sounds like David Moyes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to suffer the same fate as they did last season. Although I don't expect them to stay up in, you know, seventh place. It's but... Menteke, though, because you see him. He's gone back to Crystal Palace and immediately started scoring goals. So, like, he's Jermaine Defoe, right? He's just the newer Jermaine Defoe. He's like good, bad. He's gonna score goals when he plays four bad teams against bad teams. You no, don't want to. He can still on. score against better sides. I just think that he was not a. Well, Defoe scored against Manchester City this year. Yeah, he's just not a fit 
He was he wasn't a fit in. He was like Andy Carroll in Liverpool system though. Well, yeah, but everybody, the whole world knew that that was gonna happen. But yeah. I just I feel like he's not a fit in any of the good teams' system. Yeah, might be true. Might very well be true. But yeah, Palace off to a good start, so good on them. And then we had the big big matchup between Arsenal and Chelsea. And I know my Arsenal friends back home in Sweden were absolutely over the moon with this one. 3 nothing Arsenal. First win in about five years for Arsenal against Chelsea. Um, Alexis Sanchez and Theo Walcott put Arsenal up 2 nothing within the first Who? 15 minutes. Who? Oh, Alexis Sanchez and Theo Walcott. Who? That guy that I said that guy that I said that should start that Elliot was yeah. like I don't want him anywhere near the field that guy yeah you know it's funny is that was the the only like the only downside to this game was that I was watching I was like oh god damn it Polly was right but I don't really care because we played beautifully and we played the exact like brand of beautiful intricate attacking football that Wenger is famous for championing and this time it came off without a hitch although that said i'm not sure that it would have been the same game had we not had that horror show of the back pass that just put alexis through on goal in you know less than a quarter of an hour into the match yeah well done gary cahill on that one no kidding yep uh method also made a three nothing in the 40th minute so really strong first half for arsenal uh they did suffer an injury uh coquelin had to go off and shaka came back or came in and is that almost a positive thing, Elliot? No, it's not. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's a positive thing, but it was, you know, another silver lining and being like, yes, this is exactly why we signed El Neni in January and Granite Shaka in June, is that now we don't have to just hit the panic button and freak out because we have two competent central defensive midfielders. And the, the, in fact, the two of them playing together allowing uh, Cazorla to get a little more forward is, I, I mean, that partnership looked great. <laughs> Granted, it looked great against uh, Nottingham Forest, but nonetheless, they they just totally bossed the game. And I wouldn't, I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of love for Francis Coquelin, um, especially for, you know, a couple years ago, coming back from loan to Charlton and just lighting the world on fire in a way that none of us really expected. I mean, he's he's a talented player, and Arsenal... Why did you entitle that year, right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. But regardless, he's, he's a talented player, and Arsenal are a better team when he's fit. But unlike last year, Arsenal are not a team that has to be and should be freaking out about what the heck they're going to do when he's injured. And, you know, that's... Obviously, I haven't had an uh, infinite amount of love for Arsene Wenger's transfer policy, but at least he's done well to give us cover in that position. And right now, thank God we've got it. Yeah, I mean, I will, from what I've seen of Ashaka this season, I feel like he almost should have been starting. Yeah, I was honestly, I was surprised that he wasn't. Um, I'm, I'm sort of confused that he spent a lot of money on Shaka and didn't and isn't starting him now. I, I think it's really it, weird. It's, it would be like it would be like spending a lot of money on Henrik Mkhitaryan and not even naming him to the bench. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I mean, I wonder I wonder if it's just kind of wanting him to settle into the team more that before he is that everyday starter. I also think that 
part of it is, you know, maybe not wanting to, I, I don't know. I, I like, I, again, I, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that this is quote unquote good for Arsenal, but Seb, I mean, you know, the fact that you asked that question, I mean, bespeaks the fact that, yeah, we want Granite Xhaka on the field. He looks a great player. He looks everything that Wenger thought he was. Why isn't he playing every game? Well, uh, now he's going to be playing every game until Kakalan gets back. And we still, I don't think we know yet how long it's going to be. Um, his The last I saw from the mirror three hours ago said we still don't have a verdict on the knee injury. So on Chelsea's point of view here, though, they've lost two straight games. They had a draw before that. They've allowed seven goals in their last three league matches. That is not good. And especially for a tactical coach like Conte, who, you know, we all thought it was going to be more of that Italian type play where they, you know, go up a goal or two and then just shut the shut things down defensively. But. They've been looking leaky at the back, and all because John Terry is not playing, which is also <laughs> very, very worrisome that you got to rely on Terry. They've got so many issues at the back. They've got Chelsea's got so many issues from from top to bottom that it's it's almost like now it's like well maybe they did have issues last year and it wasn't just that they all quit on Jose Mourinho. Uh, yeah, it was it, certainly a combination of both, but no, there's no question that they quit on Mourinho, but maybe like they're not as good that they could just be like, oh, he's gone. Now we could just all of a sudden turn it on. Maybe they, you know, maybe if they, if they were playing without Mourinho all year last year, maybe they finished sixth rather than 10th, but it, there's, there's definitely worrisome concerns that, you know, now that you, you step back from the first three games that they managed to win, barely on the skin of their teeth because referees failed to send off Diego Costa. And, and now you're like, you know what? You're right. Like, they probably aren't going to climb back into the top four this year. Well, where do you think the problems lie if you're looking at the squad? Like, what needs to be addressed? Because, I mean, they obviously bought in. They bought Angola Kante from Leicester to sort of shore up the defensive side in midfield, but. You know what the thing about N'Golo Conte is, though? No. I think it's very similar to the Paul Pogba issue and a lot of things. I think he doesn't play well in the 4-2-3-1. Hmm. Like, you don't need another, and you don't need another guy next to N'Golo Conte. And he struggled for France with this over the summer, too. Like, what do you need That's to play somebody point. there? Like, Danny, you think Danny Drinkwater was running around protecting the back four last year? No, he was just flying up and down the field yeah. because you had Conte who did all the running for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he was kind of the, the central pivot point for that attack, and Conte was the, the industrious shield for the back four who then, you know, fed the ball to Drinkwater who sprayed it downfield for Vardy or Mares to run onto. Yeah, so they if did... you're going out there and, and, and bringing in and goal Conte, what do you need? What do you have to? Why do you have to waste a player as to be the guy who's going to play next to him? That yeah. makes no sense. No. Did they... you? Yes. Well, no. Go ahead, Seb. No, I was going to say in, in the second half they did take off Fabregas after 55 minutes and put on Marcos Alonso and went to a back three um, with David Luiz, Gary Cahill, and Branislav Ivanovic. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's an in-game decision that you make when you're three goals down. Like that's not that's not the a formation that we're ever going to see Conte starting with in the beginning of a match. 
Well, I mean, that's been the good... I mean, that's the sort of some, from formation he had at Juventus which was very successful and the same with the Italian national team. It's just, yeah, that, just... it's just that for Juventus and Italy, he had Bonucci and... Um, help me with the names, Barsagli and Chiellini. and yeah. Buffon. Yeah, and here he doesn't have that same caliber type of players. Yeah, and, you know, the ageless legend that is Buffon, I think that helps to... Yeah, it's you're playing with him between the sticks. It's almost like you can get in a way with a three at the back defensive scheme a little more easily. I I don't know. I the the other thing that I wanted to point to in this match is that I, did you guys watch this game? Yes. The whole thing. Okay. I had it on my iPad. I was watching well, the United game. Do you remember the moment in the second half when uh Costa went down and then sprint back up just with fire in his eyes looking for Laurent Koscielny. Yes. And Koscielny had already run away. And this was a moment in which I was just thinking to myself, I was like, man, Koscielny, I, I wish he'd just stood around because Costa would have been sent off for sure if <laughs> Koscielny, if you could see, he, had, he still sprinted after him to try to catch up to Koscielny. And if he hadn't had to sprint after him to catch him and he'd been right there, you, you know, you know that he's doing something to get himself sent off. And, you know, that's not the reason that Chelsea lost this game. I mean, I think the reasons had more to do with it was just Arsenal's day and they exposed the weakness at the back for Chelsea. But, God, I, you know, the narrative would be totally different if Koscielny had taken two paces instead of six before Costa got up off the ground. And that's yeah, that's another thing that is, you know, Paulie, what you said was this team has issues from top to bottom. Diego Costa is incredibly talented, but this is just another illustrative moment that even when he doesn't get sent off, uh, there's a chance when he could have been sent off. And I just I think that they're going to they're going to end up they're going to be another instances throughout the season where they're exposed at the back and or they go down early and then Costa flips out and gets sent off and then misses games. And for that reason, no, I, I agreed. I, I don't think at this point that they've done enough to show us that we should think they're going to break into the top four this year. Yeah, I mean, speaking of Costa too, you can tell that Antonio Conte is very tired of questions regarding Diego Costa. Yeah. He was just like, every game you ask me about Costa and... Uh, He's uh, he's going to interview Costa or Conte, even though you. I mean, look, Conte, like that's. I mean, that's the job you signed up for. You're Chelsea's manager. You're going to be asked about Diego Costa. It's like if you go to Italy, you're going to be asked about the food. <laughs> that's where the story is. Is it? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, they have a fairly. I'm gonna just look up real quickly and double check my. Yes, they take on Hull in the next game. So, with Hull being pretty poor, it might be a nice bounce back game for them. And then they got Leicester, and then they got Manchester United. So we'll see how Chelsea does. Sunday we only had one game. That was uh, West Ham taking on Southampton. And uh, in the last episode, we spoke that the London Stadium is not a fortress. West Ham been looking really poor, and Southampton came away with a 3 nothing win. And um, Charlie Austin scored again. So good on him. He gave them the lead in the 40th minute. Dusan Tadic scored 
in the 62nd minute. And then James Ward-Prowse got his first goal of the season in stoppage time. So fairly easy win for the Saints. And what's up with West Ham? Well, they suck. They are in the relegation zone. <laughs> they have three points in six games. I mean, it's bad. Yeah. I, I, this is, this is honestly, as much as we're, we've been talking about Stoke not being able to put it together. This is the, this is the biggest question mark for me at the beginning of the season. You know, if you'd said Stoke's going to be in, you know, the bottom three, you'd say, oh, okay, that's, I wouldn't have guessed that, but all right. But West Ham, man, I thought, well, that, I, mean, I thought they would be at was, least 10 places higher they, than they are. But they did that so often last year. They did that because Dimitri Pyatt pulled one out of his ass. Yeah. He, he, and, and let's not forget, uh, the beginning of the Euros, France was winning games because Dimitri Payet was pulling games out of his ass, which yeah. implied, you know, it implied uh, you don't have to worry about that not happening this year because Payet did that for West Ham, then he went to the Euros and he did it for France, and, you know, you would think it would just continue this year. And it's not happening. Is it concerning? It's a little bit concerning, but at the same time, Dimitri Payet leads the league in shots on target without having a goal. So he's still playing really well. The ball's just not going into the net. You have to think that's going to change. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm defensively, not really, it's defensively I'm not really the problem. I'm not big on the advanced stats in soccer or really in any sport. But if Dimitri Pied is shooting, 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 uh, he's going to score sooner or later. It's, it's the fact that, yeah, they're a leaky faucet at the back. Yeah, I mean they're again they're, they're another team similar to Stoke in that like they're yeah they're gonna climb they're gonna climb up out of the relegation zone, but uh, are they gonna finish as high as any of us thought they were at this point? Uh, their their hole is pretty pretty big. Five losses in the first six games that is brutal. They oh, might yeah. have they might have the worst home field advantage in the league which is not just a problem for this year. It's a problem for a lot of years now. Yeah. They worked so hard to get that stadium too. <laughs> you know, and, and someone tweeted, uh, one of the, one of the English commenters tweeted a picture of them. Like, Oh, we're going to call the game here. And they tweeted a picture of them in the gantry and Argo white literally went is the press box in the same zip code as the field. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they only, I mean, they only had eight losses all season last year. Yeah, yeah. God, that is illustrative. Exactly. It was just like, uh, man. They only have one more uh, loss than Arsenal and two more losses than Tottenham. Missing that boiling ground now, ain't you? It's, uh, Remember the time that United should have beaten them there, but the fans attacked the boss, and then Wade Van Hall had no interest in trying to finish in the Champions League? <laughs> yep, yeah, I remember that. Yep. <laughs> So Southampton, they moved up to ninth place. They got eight points, and uh, yeah, it looks like they're starting to get things together there under Claude Puel. So good on them. Last game of the match day six, that was Burnley taking on Watford. Uh, Watford been riding high, but they were kept off the score sheet as Burnley took a two to one or two nothing win at Turf Moor. So now they got two nothing wins over Liverpool and Watford at home. So pretty much before this game, uh, if you listen to the lost episodes of the podcast, uh, <laughs> the apocryphal section, lost episodes, is that I said that Watford are a much better team than Burnley. 
but they and they and uh, Turf Moor is a difficult place to play. Um, but Watford aren't good enough that they would, you know, be caught off guard by by that, and they would still they would go in there, they would know that they have a job to do, and they would take care of business. And to sum up this game, pretty much exactly the opposite of what I said happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, Burnley. I mean, that's a good win for them. Um, they moved up to, or no, they are in thirteenth place, seven points, and Watford in eleventh. Gosh, boy. Yeah, I mean, particularly, obviously, just having come off talking about West Ham, but that discrepancy between, you say, beginning of the season. Burnley are going to be sitting that much higher than West Ham. I would say you were crazy. Yeah. I mean, they only have four more points. It's, yeah. You know, I mean, it's so, it's so early, right? Yeah. So. I mean, we, we still have the great parody in the league. That's for sure. Because, um, I mean, you got, well, with the exception of Manchester City, um, but between second place, Tottenham and Chelsea in eighth. There's only four points separating them. And Keep then, in mind, though, Manchester City won their first five games last year also. Yeah, they had they five, like world five wins and a draw, right? Or no? They looked like world beaters at this point last year. Yeah. And then between Southampton in ninth, they have eight points. And Middlesbrough in 16th. They Do you think they come back down points. to earth now? I mean, I don't know. I, the thing is that when they do hit that first loss, how is how is it going to affect them? The, I think the one player that that might affect the one injury that they can that they can have that might actually affect them is what just happened in that De Bruyne just got hurt. Yeah. But at the same time, I think they still have David Silva who they can insert right where De Bruyne was, and I feel like they'll they could not miss a beat like that. No, I mean they take on Stoke on Sunday. <sighs> No, we take on Stoke. Oh, sorry. I misread. They take, they take on, on Tottenham. Oh, that's a biggie. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> not exactly a softball either. That's a Gosh, is this, this is going to be... Man, I'm going to be cheering for City. That's and then they got usual. Everton. And then after that, they got Southampton. I mean, they're not gimmies by any stretch of the imagination. But you still got to favor them in the form they're in right now, and especially with Aguero absolutely on fire. How many goals does he have? Eleven in six games. Woof! In all competitions. Yeah. Yes. There's although there's a player of the not if but when he gets injured, what happens to City? Nothing. Nothing, because he just got suspended, and all that happened was pretty much every game. Hianacho scored instead Iannaccio. of Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're scary good. But what uh, happens like when Hianacho gets injured? Gabriel Jesus. He's not there yet. Okay, well, I'm telling you, they're not going to both get injured before January. One of them, if if at any point they both get injured, it'll be January. Okay, okay we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at the uh, English teams in the Champions League and the Europa League. Um, kicking things off with um, the Champions League. Like we said before, Tottenham, they're going to Moscow. They're going to Russia. 
How do you think they'll fare against Sheshkal without all those players you mentioned before, Pauly? It'll be tough, but I think they get a draw. It's not going to be easy. I wouldn't even be shocked if they like do the whole like we're going to make this boring and play defensively thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. It is just a little funny to me of just working so hard to get into the Champions League and now being like, ah, well, if we lose the first two, whatever. I, Look, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if I think it. They'll still have off. Son. They'll still have Son out there. Uh, yeah. Maybe Jansen will be will be better off playing against the non-English team. Maybe he'll settle in a bit a bit better there. I I think they can do it. It's just it's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean I I think that a draw is maybe probably yeah. my sense of what's most likely as well. Yeah. Yeah, and then we got Leicester taking on Porto at home. That's going to be a party. It's going to be a party. Yes. Oh, yeah. Awesome. And Leicester just did the best thing that they could possibly do by losing big to United and lowering all the expectations. And, Once again. And, and resting Vardy and Mars. Yeah, they got 45 yeah. minutes of a party and, and Mars rest. But we saw what happened last week when they had no expectations. They just went out and they, they blew the doors off of, albeit a, a poor Club Bruges and Porto are much better. But you're going to have a rocking King Power Stadium. Yeah. And... That game should be a lot of fun. And then Wednesday, and I think yep. they'll get the win. I think they'll even get the win. Yeah, I could see that. Wednesday, we got Arsenal taking on FC Basel at home. Elliot, how much do you well, know about FC Basel? Well, I know we just poached two defensive midfielders from them in consecutive years. Yeah. <laughs> well, same calendar year. That helps. Um, yeah, I mean, I honestly. Much more than that, I I don't know. Uh, they're they are the perennial powerhouse in Switzerland, you know. Um, but I, there's there's no reason that Arsenal, even with a squad, I mean, I think they might end up lining up, maybe not quite as youth heavy a team as they did against Nottingham Forest in the League Cup last week, but I. I think a, probably a similar lineup, and even as such, especially playing at home, they should win this game pretty handily. Okay, and then real quick, we got Manchester United on. Oh, we got City taking on Celtic. That's the City. Oh yeah. God! That could be another like the Barcelona one. What do you Seven mean can nil? be? <laughs> yeah, eight nothing. Boom. Uh, then Thursday, Wait, it's yes. Celtic Park, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so three nothing. Okay, yeah, they, they'll they win, no doubt about it. Yeah, Thursday, Europa League, real quick. Manchester United to take on Soria Luhansk. How do you think they'll fare against the Ukrainians? They'll, they'll, they'll do okay. They'll do okay. And then Southampton, they're going up against Hapoel Bersheva, who uh, defeated Inter in the first round of games. So Hapoel on the road for Southampton. Right, at, Southampton going to Israel, right? Yeah, at the Toto Turner Stadium. That's some sponsorship if I ever heard one. Um, I I think I think uh, the Israelis are going to get the draw. I think they're going to win. Wow, okay. They looked really good against Inter, so I'm yeah up well with the win. 
Yeah, I think they just caught Inter off on like a very off. Yeah, I mean, Inter bounced back. They had a great game against Juventus, um, and they've been looking good. They, they just rely too much on Icardi. Uh, with that, we're going to say goodbye. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Norin. Paulie's peak was still WFAN, and Elliot is Keats was better. So, um, yeah, keep it locked, and we'll talk to you again later in the week. And then we'll also discuss the breaking news about Sam Allardyce. We didn't get to that one today, but we'll talk about it later. On to next time. Yeah. On to next time. Have a good one. Goodbye. Yeah.